wildland fire, but really um, it burned up the greenway that is a trans, um, it's a, made its way through the valley, it's really turned into an urban fire. And, uh, and the, the damage to the urban area that you're gonna see was pretty extreme. We've assessed 3,618 um, structures as part of this fire. And out of that number, 2,491 residential structures were destroyed. 124 were damaged. So basically, with the uh, with the way this fire moved, if it caught on fire at all, it was completely destroyed. 170 commercial structures were destroyed, and 24 were damaged. John Vile is the Emergency Operations Center Director for Jackson County, Oregon. What he's doing is giving a driving tour of Phoenix and Talent two towns near Medford in the southern part of the state that were damaged by fires fueled by straight-line winds. Similar fires have burned throughout the western United States, but Oregon burned. It burned. This disaster was so severe and unexpected that it attracted an in-person visit from FEMA Administrator Pete Gaynor. One of the things I want to ask first is, uh, you know, my role as the FEMA Administrator is to make sure that we get disaster uh, assistance into the hands of disaster survivors. And so what I'm going to give out is the 1-800 number, 1-800-621-3362. Uh, if you're a victim of or a, a survivor of uh, the wildfire, uh, we ask you to register uh, with FEMA so we can get to you disaster assistance. You can always, all, also go online to disasterassistance.gov uh, to register. So if you do one of those two things, uh, we, we, want to, uh, we want to know who you are, we want you to register, uh, and therefore uh, you are eligible for federal assistance. If you don't do that, uh, it makes uh, uh, us getting uh, that critical disaster assistance to you much uh, harder. I'm David L. Yost, and this is the FEMA Podcast. We visited uh, Phoenix and Talent today, uh, and, and again, uh, truly devastated. Uh, FEMA is here, uh, the, the president and the, and the administration, uh, in record time on both the emergency declaration and the major declaration, uh, less than 24 hours for the latter, uh, approved a major disaster for Oregon, again, in, in record time, less than 24 hours. So I, I want to thank the administration, the president, for uh, uh, his quick work. Uh, recovery uh, works best when it's locally executed, state-managed, and fairly supported. Our role in recovery is to support uh, mayors and town managers uh, and the state of, uh, of Oregon uh, with their plan of recovery. Uh, our role is to bring to bear federal assistance, not only from FEMA, but from across federal government and from our private partners, our NGOs, uh, to make a difference uh, for disaster survivors. Uh, it is never fast enough. Recovery is never fast enough. It's, it, it's never fast enough uh, for the survivors. It's not fast enough for me. Uh, and it's not fast enough for uh, my state and local partners, and I, I understand that. But we must work together to kind of solve some of these problems uh, that, we, uh, that we see out there. Uh, one of the things I ask everyone to do is to over-communicate. Uh, don't assume someone is uh, doing it. Uh, just because you haven't heard, don't assume that it's happening. Uh, we must over-communicate about what's going on and keep people informed. Uh, it is critical uh, in, in disaster. Uh, and, and just to make it make it clear about our role here you know we are supporting uh, the local county state plan for recovery uh, we are not bringing the federal solution uh, down to the, the local to level we are here to make sure uh, because every 
uh, city, town, county is unique, and we want to make sure we support that uniqueness. Uh, and uh, again, I, I appreciate all the support uh, uh, from everyone's here today. Uh, uh, Senator uh, Ron Wyden, uh, Senator uh, Jeff uh, Merkley, uh, Re Representative uh, Greg Walden, and uh, Chairman uh, Peter DeFazio for being out here today and being with us uh, to make sure that we hear uh, from uh, mayors and senators and congressmen about what uh, Oregon needs to, uh, again, get back to the new normal. A presidential declaration for a major disaster that includes individual assistance means that FEMA can help be part of that process to get to normal. It means a lot of work goes into contacting people who have lost their homes, people that may be staying anywhere in Oregon or in neighboring states. It's easier to do it in person. Um, it's more difficult to try to call a 1-800 number and, and get registered through the 1-800 number. It's easier to do it in person. The survivors are usually more comfortable. Margarita Ramirez, who works as a representative with Disaster Survivor Assistance, is in Oregon for the first time. She lives in Puerto Rico and Spanish is her first language, something that is important as a number of survivors in Southern Oregon are Spanish speakers. Along with COVID-19, the language barrier has made interacting with survivors difficult. We focus on trying to get everyone registered for possible assistance and to answer questions or conduct inquiries or updates of the cases once they have registered. To apply, is it easier for somebody that speaks Spanish to go through like the app or the um, phone number? Or is it easier for them to talk to you? Depending on the person, some people will, be, will feel comfortable by registering themselves through the website. Um, the information is also in Spanish available. There's uh, disasterassistance.gov. It can also be disasterassistance.gov in Spanish. So the application will be in Spanish for them. But it depends on the degree of computer literacy that the survivor will have. And, and um, sometimes elders will prefer to have a face-to-face -face contact. Um, they can also call the 1-800 numbers. And there's um, helpline representatives that will speak two languages. But some are, if they reach someone that their first language is not Spanish, they can get a translator as well over the phone. And the only things that I have heard is that sometimes it takes longer using a translator or that the translator might not be exactly translating what the individuals are saying. Um, but we give them options of how they want to go about registering so they can choose. And if we are out there in the field available for them, that's going to be a better way of another option for them to take to get registered if they prefer to do it face to face. So like most of, cause you can still register, do you still register people in English? Yes. The people that are affected um, in like talent in Phoenix, have most of those people been Spanish speakers or English speakers? I will say we have both. Um, here in Harris and Davis, um, they might have a larger um, employees that are by, of, with limited English proficient or Spanish speakers. And, uh, but they, we have had them all around Oregon. Is there a major concern from your Spanish-speaking clients uh, that you've heard like repetitively? I mean, what, what are the things that are um, concerning to them? What are, what's bothering them about the um, uh, application process? Um, we have a lot of people now that are also worried about the debris removal. And uh, because landlords 
they, they usually rent out the lot, even though they own the properties. So, because they're renting the lots and the owners of this lands needs to fix it in order to be able to have it ready available, to be able to have an income, they are requesting individuals to, they are probably cleaning up the debris themselves and they're gonna ask the individuals to pay for the debris removal cost, which they probably can avoid if they wait for the state and for FEMA to follow all through the process and get the debris removed by the funds provided by public assistance. Before this, uh, we were kind of chatting about why you do this. So my question is, why do you do this? I personally, do this because I love helping people and I find this of a very useful way of investing my time because I am helping people. And it is a job, so I also get paid for it. So I really enjoy helping people a lot. It makes me happy at the end of the day to be able to do something valuable with my time. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Anything else you wanted to say? You can reply in either English or Spanish. Anything you want to say in Spanish, maybe I should ask. Um, if someone had damages, um, please try to register with FEMA for possible assistance. If, not, if it is not possible for FEMA to help you, we might be able to refer you to other agencies that might be able to assist you. The, going through disaster is nothing easy. Fires are even worse because everything is lost. Other types of disasters, you might still have some things that you can um, rescue from your home, damage. So please um, register with FEMA. The worst thing that can happen is that we say no, but at least you try and knock on each door that is available to try to get assisted because recovering is, is long process, difficult, and um, emotionally exhausting. So please try to get the assistance that you deserve. And if you have questions or concerns, ask us. We'll try to guide you to the best of our knowledge. And in Spanish, eh, por favor, eh, si tuvieron daños por los fuegos y tienen necesidades, consulten con FEMA para registrarse para posible asistencia. Si no nos es posible ayudarle, quizás podamos hacerlo a través de otras agencias sin fines de lucro que están disponibles y están aquí con el propósito de brindar asistencia. Eh, si tienen algunas dudas en cuanto a su situación eh, o sus casos en específico, Estamos en diferentes localidades para brindarle la asistencia y contestar sus preguntas. También hay personas que hablan en el español bilingüe. Y si reciben una negación de FEMA para recibir la asistencia, por favor, consulten con nosotros para ver qué fue o cuál fue la razón, porque en muchas ocasiones estamos careciendo de algún documento que usted muy posible pueda someter para corregir este error y recibir la asistencia que tanto necesitan. Going back to English, if someone has been denied for FEMA assistance, it would be good if you consult 
with FEMA what was the reason for it and read the letters that we sent explaining the reasons for it because most of the time it's just a document that we need to have in file in order to continue reviewing your case for the assistance. So please, if you have questions or concerns, give us a call. We are available by phone at 1-800-621-3362 and we are also deployed physically to different locations in Oregon. It's not lost on anyone in FEMA or Jackson County or the state of Oregon, the difficulties facing specific populations. Disasters don't discriminate, but the impact is different for everyone. A whole community response, as encouraged by FEMA, helps focus resources where they are needed. These towns that burn know what they need to recover. FEMA is a part of the federal support network, the federal family as it can be called. As Val continued the tour of talent in Phoenix, the need for a whole community response was obvious. Um, one thing you'll note as we go through here, you'll see um, numerous uh, uh, mobile home parks that have been destroyed. That is the biggest impact that we have from this. Approximately two-thirds of all the structures lost in this were from mobile home parks. And that is a huge problem for this valley. Um, the parts that were destroyed um, constitute probably the bulk of the low-income housing that we have in this area. And this impacted the Latinx community, the elderly community, and the disabled community very disproportionately. Those populations were hit very hard, and those populations are struggling a lot. Much of the affordable housing in this valley um, has been lost because we lost so many of these manufactured um, parks. On the left-hand side is an example of uh, one of 18 uh, trader parks. This is the Talent Mobile Estates. This is an older trader park that had a lot of low-income people, a lot of elderly people in it. On the right-hand side, um, and it goes for quite some distance, is a whole series of apartment buildings, single-family residential apartment buildings, duplexes, triplexes, and some multi-family housing. You can see the, uh, the Trader Park on the left is a complete loss. Um, there's a few here at the very um, south end that did survive, um, and, uh, and lots of severe damage throughout both sides, and as we we're going to turn right here on Talon Avenue, and as we go through Talon Avenue, you'll see significant damage all along from Talon Avenue all the way to Highway 99, then all the way to Interstate 5. And so the fire went through this very large swath and, uh, and, and burned everything basically between Talon Avenue and Interstate 5 was impacted. One thing I, I note about this fire that was so difficult is with the greenway and the high winds, this fire would jump ahead, um, sometimes up to a mile at a time, where the winds would carry the embers and would start new fires. Then the fires that were moving house to house, and trader park to trader park, and trader to trader, structure to structure, those were those were well behind the fire. So what you had is the situation where firefighters had to go in the middle of the fire to fight fire. And instead of, you kind of picture a regular fire where you have a fire front and you're trying to you're trying to fight the fire on the front. On this one, you're fighting it in the middle of the fire because they're trying to put the structures out. And those are kind of moving at a pace slower than the wildland fires moving forward. On the right-hand side here was quite a bit of um, multi-family housing that was lost um, uh, through this fire. As I noted, um, the, the cruelest part of this fire is the disproportional impact that it had on the lower income and the affordable housing in our area. It was a, um, it, it was a especially cruel to that population in the Latinx community. 
If you've been affected by a disaster, visit FEMA.gov, where a list of disasters can be viewed by state or territory. For disaster reference in this podcast, visit www.fema.gov forward slash disaster forward slash 4562. Please consider downloading the FEMA app through Google Play or the Apple App Store. With it, you can find information that has helpful before, during, and after a disaster. We welcome your comments and suggestions on this and future episodes. Help us to improve the podcast by rating us and leaving a comment. If you have ideas for a future topic, send us an email at fema-podcast at fema.dhs.gov. If you'd like to learn more about this episode or other topics, visit fema.gov forward slash podcast.